you've got the kite and you've got the thing laid out and then you kind of need the wind to blow to lift the kite and once you've kind of got it up in the air then things will be that much easier because once it's got the momentum it'll be flying. Welcome to the Active Marketer Podcast, where we talk about how to design, automate, and scale your business to the next level using sales and marketing automation. You can find out all the tips, tactics, and techniques you need to get more customers and sell more stuff over at theactivemarketer.com. Now, here's your host, Barry Moore. Welcome to episode 45 of the Active Marketer Podcast. I'm your host, Barry Moore, and this is the podcast where we talk about everything to do with sales funnels and marketing automation. This episode, we're going to continue on with our case study. Back in episode 37, we started with a case study with Kate Richards from trueentrepreneur.com in how you get started, like you're going from zero, starting with a blank canvas, a new business. How do we implement marketing automation along the way to use these powerful tools and tactics and techniques to grow your business? So if you want to go back and listen to episode 37, we talk specifically on how to get started. What's the list structure we should use? What kind of tags should we have? What's the strategy we should employ? All the foundations before we want to start taking a single email address. And you can find that back in episode 37. So we're a few weeks on and we're going to check back with Kate where she is. She's implemented like a champ. And now it's time to take it to the next step. What does our sales funnel look like? What does our opt-in funnel look like? And where can we go now that we've got the basics down and we're starting to gather some email addresses via a lead magnet giveaway? So we'll get into that interview shortly, but just before we do that, a couple of things. We're going to do our shameless social proof segment. We're going to read out one of our uh, reviews from iTunes. This week, it's from the U.S. store. It's five stars, and it's from Edward Haskins. Edward says, when a new episode is released, I stop what I'm doing, and I hit play. He goes on to say, my favorite podcast, as it covers a ton of active campaign knowledge bombs, just finished the recent episode with Chris Davis of Lead Pages fame. Great content on the single double opt-in methodology that Chris deploys. Uh, and he goes on to say the Todd Brown episodes were value-packed as well. Ian Brody's episode on creating an onboarding sequence. Taki Moore on webinar specifics. Ezra Firestone with good advice in regards to e-commerce and post-purchase follow-up. Justin Brooke on his switch from HubSpot to Active Campaign. Shane Malach from Thrive. All great content. Excited to hear more. Well, thank you so much, Edward. I really do appreciate taking time to leave a review on iTunes. I know it's not exactly the easiest thing to do. And I also want to thank you for all your continued contribution in Automation Nation. So Edwards, one of the fellow automators that we have inside our private Facebook group called Automation Nation, and he's continually posting good information in there. And we'd love to see you inside as well. So if you head over to Facebook and you just type in Automation Nation, you'll find our private Facebook group. Just hit apply or join and let us know you heard about it on the podcast. We'll let you in. And that is where you can get all the good guff from tons of other fellow automators, just like you are putting this stuff to work in their business. So I hope to see you on the inside. In the meantime, let's get into the main part of this week's episode, part two of our case study with Kate Richards. Exciting. We're going to bring Kate Richards back for part two of our case study. If you missed uh, part one, you can go back and listen to episode number 37. But we're following Kate through her journey of getting up and running with marketing automation. She's an experienced entrepreneur and knows her way around, you know, marketing and branding and sales. But she 
has never really taken a step into marketing automation before. So we're following her journey along because I'm sure most of you out in the audience can relate as well. So welcome back, Kate. Oh, great to be here, Barry. And just for the listeners out there, and they can go back and listen to episode 37, which is part one, but uh, maybe just a bit of a summary about what we talked about in part one and where you're up to now. Oh, thank you. Well, just to explain to the listeners, it sounds odd that this is my first foray into automation, but I have two businesses and I have one that's large and thriving, but it's an inbound business. So people kind of come to us and and book and it's a sort of a Google AdWords business. So people search for us, they find us. So with that business, I've had to always optimize, I guess, my the conversion side of the business. Now, my new business, True Entrepreneur, is an outbound business. So for the first time, I'm kind of putting myself out there and drawing attention to what I do. And so it's quite a different business model. And so that's been just such a big journey for me. But (laughs) reviewing where we were up to, so I had always used MailChimp and I was happy with it. I found it very simple. I like to keep things simple because I'm not hugely tech savvy. So I find the learning curve quite taxing, I suppose, would be the best way to describe it. So we talked about, should I change across to one of the automation platforms that had a little bit more grunt? And we decided, yes, that I should go with Active Campaign. And I have to say, Barry, that decision has been a great one because everywhere I go, I'm seeing this particular tool, you know, rising and coming to the fore. And I, you know, I haven't had a minute's sort of thought, should I have done something else? So thank you for that advice. So I've been telling everyone to use it now. I don't, I'm sure it's not right for everybody, but um, (laughs) it's been good for me. Well, that's good. I'm glad. And And also, yeah, we did, we chose Thrive Leads as the um, email form side of things because I wanted it a bit more design than the active campaign forms offered. Being a branding person, obviously I have quite high levels or high standards for the design side of my website. So, um, you know, a little bit of a learning curve there, but I think that was a great choice as well because that all comes in a package and I also have will have the option of using the Thrive Content Builder, which people are raving about. So again, Barry, you were ahead of the curve and that choice has been validated over and over in every group I'm in, people saying that's the great combo. So thank you for that. Well, that's great. I'm, I'm glad to hear it's working out for you. Um, and I just want to loop back to one thing you said there about what the right tool is. I think people get a little bit too hung up about, you know, finding the exact right thing when there isn't an exact right thing for everybody, right? There is no perfect tool for everyone in every circumstance. It's like when you walk into a hardware tool, a hardware store rather, there's thousands of tools in there. Why? Why isn't there just one tool if there's right? right? Because there's a right tool for every job and every budget. So while active campaign may be right for you, and I, th- I think it is, and you seem to think it is, it's not right for everybody. So I don't want to come off as kind of one-eyed and recommending the same thing to everybody. There are other tools I recommend to other people depending on kind of what circumstances they're in. But I think Broadly speaking, that combo of active campaign and Thrive Leads for the capture is a pretty powerful one. So hopefully that's uh, panning out in your business exactly how we plan. Well, it is. And I think the price is really good. I think where they have kind of recognized is, you know, they want people to grow with them. Okay. So in the previous, uh, in our previous part of the case study, we talked a little bit about the basic frameworks you need to have in place before you start. So we talked about a list structure and um, how to organize your list or lists. Uh, We talked a little bit about tagging and um, how we're going to organize those people that end up on our list. And then finally, we talked about a little bit about 
lead capture. So how are we going to get people on the list? And if you want to find out more about Thrive Leads, you can go back to episode number two, where I talked to the creator of Five Thrive Leads, Shane Malone. We talk all about that tool and why he created it and uh, where he's going with it. And just as a an aside, his well, he recently switched from, I think he was on Infusionsoft, uh, over to Active Campaign himself for his business. So he's using it as well. So it's always good to know that the creator of the tool we like so much is actually using Active Campaign as well, because then you know the integration between those two things is going to be pretty tight. Absolutely. And, and one thing that's probably, you know, these are not things that I understood at all, Barry, but is Thrive Leads integrates at the tag level. So there are a lot of other solutions with active campaign where you can di- dictate i'm going to put this person onto my master list and then set off an automation sequence etc but with thrive leads in the actual form that you build you can you can put your tags in there and those tags automatically get passed across to the list and that was um a really big thing for me because the first email form that i chose didn't do that so that that was what necessitated a change and it's been it's been good. So that was an excellent thing to advise. But one thing I did want to talk to you about, Barry, because I am in Automation Nation, which <laughs> I personally think is the best Facebook group that I'm in. There are such amazing, smart people in there. But one of the things that I did is I didn't want a lot of friction. So when people fill in the form to get my lead magnet, which is the one-page brand, which is sort of going through all the sort of segments and pieces of branding and getting it all very clear and concise. When they go through that, I have them land straight onto the page where they can start to consume the course. Um, And now I'm a little bit concerned that maybe I should be actually using that page as just a thank you and maybe a, you know, maybe put a video on there talking about me and the business and then on that page say, you know, head over to your email in five minutes and the link will be there and sort of send them off to the email to consume the course via a link. So I'm just a little bit concerned about have I set that up the right way and what do, what do you think? Should I change that or should I leave it how I've got it? All right, well, let's talk about that a little bit. First of all, there is no right way. I see this all the time. Everyone says, what's the right way to do this? What's the right way to do that? There is no right way, right? If if there was one single way that was right, everybody would be doing exactly the same thing. But two things to say on that is one is it's an evolution, right? You you start where your skill set is and where your knowledge is. And as time progresses, you continually tweak and optimize that flow as you go along. So it's never going to, you know, what it is today is not what it's going to be probably six months from now. And probably that's not going to be what it is 12 months from now. So it's a continuing process. There's no right way. And you're always tweaking and optimizing and checking and playing. So, but let's talk about that. So you are exactly right. If you want super friction-free, like I just want people to get, get this in front of people, because I know that if they consume this piece of information or this checklist or whatever I'm giving away, if they consume my lead magnet, I know they'll be hooked and they'll become, you know, they're, they're part of my gravity field then, and, and they'll continue to come back and talk to me and consume my content. If you're that confident in your giveaway, then I don't really see a problem with going straight to that on the landing thank you page. That also does another thing for you is one, if you do it that way, that page becomes a goal conversion in Google Analytics as well. So you can set that up as a goal conversion so that you can see how many people have ended up on that thank you page or that landing page where your content is and you can tell where they came from to arrive there. So now there is other ways to do it. 
so that's the the most friction free way. Exactly right. Just they opt in and they end up on the page where they can get the lead magnet. Uh, a little bit more of a sophisticated way to do it might be to get the opt in. That takes them to a thank you page which is kind of a little bit more of an introduction to you and what you do, right? So I think you kind of alluded to it there in a second. So that when they opt in for your one-page brand, they end up on a thank you page and there might be a little video of you saying, hey, thank you very much for downloading our one-page brand. I'm Kate Richards from Toronto Entrepreneur and, you know, and a little bit of introduction to yourself and what you guys do at Toronto Entrepreneur. Check your inbox in five minutes, you find the one-page brand. In the meantime, um, we're also going to send you a link to the training course where you can take an online course all about, you know, how you set this up. So you introducing yourself and and that thank you page there, I'm going to call it an intermediate thank you page. That intermediate thank you page there might also have some other offer to it, right? So they've just agreed to go on a date with you because they put their email address in. So let's try and take the next step, right? Which so there might be an additional offer on that thank you page. You know, thank you for downloading. Uh, by the way, you might like this thing over here. Check your inbox in five minutes and you might like this thing over here. So then when they get that email, there's a link to the PDF there. And and there's also a link to another page where your online training is, right? So your free online course as well. So that takes them to almost to kind of like a second thank you page. The benefit of doing that is... Yeah, you're not giving away all the content on that thank you page. So there is some sort of email validation that has to take place. So if they've put a fake email address in, even though it's still a single opt-in, if they put a fake email address in, they're not going to get the good stuff, right? They're not going to get their PDF and they're not going to get the link to the free course. So you're building in some sort of, it's not really a double opt-in, but you know, some sort of check and balance there that they have to put in a real, real address to get the real info. And then you can also set up both of those pages as goal conversion. So there's goal conversion step one, which is someone opted in. And then there's goal conversion step two, which is someone's consuming your course. And then you can add those into Google Analytics and you can have two goal tracking metrics. And you can see how many people go from the thank you page one to thank you page two. And you can see how many are dropping off in your analytics. Does that make sense? It does. It makes a lot of sense. So I guess too that intermediate thank you page that you talked about. This is where some people put what they call a tripwire offer, isn't it? Where you sell potentially a low price product, or maybe you invite people to a webinar or whatever it is that you do, you've kind of got their full attention right at that point. And I guess, um, you know, potentially that's a time to to pitch something Yeah, exactly. Um, that right. turns them into a buyer. Yeah. Yeah. So for those people who may not be familiar with that term tripwire, so I think it was coined by Ryan Dice or Perry Belcher or somebody that it's basically when you got large volumes of traffic, you want to try and filter out who are the lookers from who are the bookers, right? So you want to get someone to take a commitment or sometimes they call it a micro commitment to someone who will pull out their credit card and give you $7 is very different to someone who's just there for a free download. So you're using a low barrier to entry, low cost product as a filter basically to filter out those people who are most receptive and those people who are willing to part with a little bit of money for whatever you might be selling. So if I can get someone to part with $5, $7, it's much easier to buy a $200 product than someone who won't even part with $7. So those tripwire offers, you can put those there or you can, like, as you said, you could put a webinar offer there as well. Just something that's going to draw them once, you know, they're on the outer circle of your world, right? They've just taken the very first step, which is to give them, give you their email address 
they've made that very first baby step into your world. You wanted to get them to take another step in a little bit further into your world. So getting them yeah. on a webinar would be a great way to do that or getting them to buy a, a brand check. You know, maybe you sell like a $30 brand review where you just go look at their website really quickly and you go, this, you know, this is messed up. This is messed up. Um, and, <laughs> and, and you give them a little yeah. bit of a, you know, a little bit of a, a teaser to what you can do for them to help them sort out their brand. Well, that's, yeah, exactly. And that that's the, this is the step that I'm, I still probably don't have an asset for that. So, but I'm thinking about it and I'm getting closer every day, but yeah, no, it's, it's good. I mean, what I do have that I've been working on the last month, almost solidly and very kind of determinedly focused is a new product, a new core offer. So I'm very excited about that. And I'm going to have that ready to sort of unleash on the world, I think in about the second week of January. So yeah, very excited. Just doing some beta testing on that one, Barry, and it's all looking really good so far. So I'm excited about that. So the next couple of weeks, I'm just going to build that funnel out and um, yeah. And, but I kind of have bought this philosophy about the time to kind of ask somebody for this micro commitment or this next step from, you know, taking your phone number to asking you on a date is right at that exact same point where they've first put up their hand and said, show me what you've got. So I am buying that as a philosophy. I guess it's all just building and building, isn't it? And um, one of my friends, our mutual friend, Alana, said to me the other day, Barry, because it's it's taking me longer than I guess. I don't really know what I expected, to be honest, but it's um, it's kind of taking a little bit more time, I guess, than I thought. And she said, you know, it's kind of like you've gone down to the park with a a kite and, you know, you've got the kite and you've got the thing laid out and then you kind of need the wind to blow to lift the kite. And once you've kind of got it up in the air, then things will be, you know, that much easier because once it's got the momentum, it'll be flying. And I thought that was a great analogy and it sort of helped me because I'm just at that stage where a few more things have to fall into place and um, hopefully that big gust of wind will come and the kite will go up. <laughs> yeah. And that brings yeah. up a good point. You know, you're talking about what's the right way to set up this funnel or this thank you page sequence or whatever. The right way, quote unquote, is what you can do now, right? So if you don't have the assets in place to do this multi-step, thank you, you know, uh, tripwire thing, then you can't do it. But what you can do now is what you've done, where you have the you have the asset on the thank you page and people can download it, right? So you, at least, you know, you're not waiting. What I see is everybody waiting till it, people waiting till everything is perfect, right? Which is, it's never perfect, right? So speaking of five leads and shame law, he said, you know, what good entrepreneurs do is take action uncomfortably quickly, right? So how quickly can I keep moving forward? And you know, I'm not waiting till everything's in place before I do yeah. something. So as I said, it's an evolution. You start with your basic thank you page, then we move on to kind of a two-page sequence, and then we might move on to a, a two-page with a tripwire sequence. So it's an evolution, absolutely. And going back to your kite metaphor, you don't start letting out the string uh, until the wind's blowing, right? <laughs> the kite's still, on yeah, the that's gr- right. kite's still on the ground. There's no point in letting the string out. Yes, I, I feel like I'm just um, kind of running with that string at the moment <laughs> and the kite hasn't started to lift, but I'm sure it will soon. You know, I, I'm actually really pleased at the sort of level of people that are opting in that are sort of stumbling across me because, you know, every day there seems to be two or three more people and because I haven't really started any kind of paid traffic yet, it's all kind of organic. So I think that I'm happy with that for now. So The other thing to think about that not too many people actually think about and I got this tip from Russell Brunson when I was talking to him, is 
that lead magnet, if you want to think about fishing, that lead magnet is bait, right? Yeah. And that bait needs to be the right bait to catch the right fish, right? Or the right, attract the right customer. So he was talking about a story where he had this really generic kind of lead magnet and he was just getting all tons of freebie seekers and stuff. So he changed up his lead magnet to something that wouldn't make sense to people who weren't already a couple steps into the journey he wanted to help them with. So if you want to look at my case, for example, you know, the obvious lead magnet on my site might be, you know, the beginner's guide to marketing automation, but that's going to get a bunch of people who probably don't know anything about marketing automation, but the people like me, (laughs) (laughs) but the people I want to get as consulting clients are people who have tried this stuff themselves and have just come to the conclusion that either it's too hard for them or they just don't want to do it or they want someone to help them out. So the lead magnet that I created was you know, the ultimate guide to tagging. Now, someone who's never been exposed to marketing automation, that, that won't even make sense. They won't even know what a, a guide to tagging is. But if you've tried to do it and you've tried to apply tags and make a tagging structure that makes sense in, in your business and you've come up short, that will make perfect sense to you, right? It makes perfect yeah. sense to the person who's tried it and is frustrated. So That's right. That, so it has an in- inherent filter in it, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly it? right. So if you want, you know, a better level of opt-ins, then you might want to look at the lead magnet that you're putting out there. It's like, so if you're helping people on a 10-step journey, you might want to attract the people who have already gone two steps because they've already taken some action, but they haven't made the rest of the journey rather than trying to get everybody at the very first step of the journey. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. That's really great advice, actually, Barry. I'm going to think that through and, and, um, and have another look at this funnel that I'm about to build. Yeah. Um, so... The other thing I've done on your advice is I've started my first automation. Mm-hmm. Now, it, it, it's not very long yet. <laughs> um, so I thought I might get your help to sort of brainstorm some other things I could do. But so what I've got for the moment is I think I think about an hour after they go to the page with the course on it, which they go there directly at the moment, I send an email just sort of introducing myself and and saying I'm here for any questions and I'd love to hear from you and, uh, you know, uh, sort of asking for feedback and whatnot. And then I think uh, it might be, I can't remember, maybe two days later or a day or two days later I send out another one with some of my really good content which has had a great response which is the blog post I have about whether people should use their name as their brand or whether they should use Finder. sort of a business brand it's not you know as you always say Barry there's no right or wrong answer but what I've done there is I've completely laid out the different reasons people would do one or the other and you know because whenever you're making these choices you're actually ruling out some other things and you need to understand when you make a decision what options you're actually cutting off for yourself and why why you might want to do that so that piece of content's had some really good feedback and it's i think it's already helped quite a lot of people so that's the first one i lead off with and then i send another sort of similar quite a strong piece of content another two or three days um and i think it's just petering out a little bit there and then of course the other thing i do is a, a sort of fortnightly digest as a campaign that goes out to everybody on the list. So obviously I've got work to do here, but I've, I've started, I've started. So I'm glad I've started. I'm, as you said, I wasn't waiting for everything to be perfect. So yeah, I, I thought I'd sort of get your help. So what sort of things have you seen that's worked really well for people in terms of a sort of induction sequence, you know? Yeah. So a couple of things there. One is 
you've done a couple of things well, which is uh, you want to go in and you want to find some of the best content on your blog or in your site that people connect with and mail that out to them as part of the sequence. And if you don't, if you can't really think about what that is, then dive into Google Analytics or um, if you've got Jetpack or in some of those WordPress plugins will tell you what the most popular content on your, on your blog or on your site is. And then you want to steer people to that, right? So you've, they've just given you the email address. You want to wow them with your best stuff to keep them coming back, right? So, and as you said, there's no right answer here. And thirdly, it doesn't necessarily have to be long. You know, I get this long, oh, I've got this 20 email sequence. It's like, well, you know, does it need to be 20? Longer is not necessarily better. I think there comes a point, the question becomes, how much value can I add in this indoctrination sequence or this introduction sequence to people? That's what you really want to think. Like, how much can value can I add? And if I only have like four or five emails that are valuable and the rest are just kind of fluff to make me feel better that there's 20 in the sequence, then you're probably burning that new lead out with rubbish, right? I, I would much rather give them four or five really great pieces of content and then move them on to my nurture sequence or my broadcast emails than just keep them hanging around just because I want to feel better about having a long sequence. So there's lots of schools of thought here as, as to what goes into that sequence. And again, it's an ever-evolving process. If listeners want to go back to episode 19, Ben Kruger from Authority Engine shares his sequence there. But First thing you want to do is send that email out, deliver on what you promised, right? So you promised them a one-page PDF. That needs to be the first thing they deliver. And waiting five minutes, like actually having a wait five-minute step in there is not a bad thing, especially if that thank you, if you can have that intermediate thank you page with a video of you on it, right? It says, hey, thank you very much for downloading. It should hit your inbox in about five minutes. In the meantime, watch this, you know, three-minute video of me telling you how great I am and what we can do for you. Because if it hits their inbox straight away, they're just going to bounce off to their inbox. They're going to get some little Gmail notification that says, ding, you know, the email's here, and they're going to bounce off your video and not watch your video. So you want to give them that five-minute buffer to watch your video. So then I send it out. Then you might have one of, one of those automation steps that says, you know, wait until they've opened it. You can do a two-stage wait in Active Campaign where it says, you know, wait for an action to happen up till the maximum amount of time of X, right? So you could say, wait till somebody opens that email, but wait a maximum of two days, right? And if they don't open it within two days, then we're going to send them another email that says, hey, Kate, I just want to make sure that you've got your one-page brand thing. So you're sending in an email. Maybe they just got really busy. Maybe got that email got swallowed up by a bunch of other ones that came in or they had to run off to a meeting, whatever, and they never got back to opening it. At least you've given them the option now with that second email to go in and open it again. So you're repeating the message and you're giving them a separate opportunity. If they do open it, then you can branch them off and skip that second email altogether. Then you probably want to hit them up with some of your best content, right? So you might wait a day or two days and say, you know, hey, Kate here from True Entrepreneur again. I just want to uh, make sure you, or I just thought you might be interested in this article where we talk about how to structure your brand before you even put Pixel to, to the screen. So and you might send them to that article about whether to create a brand based around their name or based around a business name and, you know, send them that article, maybe a little digest in there about what's in that article. Hey, here's a really great way for you to not make a mistake on day one of your business. It's like, oh yeah, no, I don't want to make a mistake on day one. And that clicks them off to the article, right? So use an open-ended question there to get them to click. And then, you know, maybe some introduction to yourself. You know, this is Kate, this is my story. This is why we do what we do. And here's a case study of some results we got for somebody else. So you're sending them great content, then you're kind of reinforcing why you're the person that they need to come to for this, some social proof with a case study, and then like maybe two or three more emails after that, showing them what the next steps are going to be, right? So once you've sorted out whether it's going to be 
my brand or my name. Okay, what's the next step after that? All right, the next step is this. What's the next step after that? So I would reiterate the key points in your lead magnet as the follow-up sequence, because just because someone's downloaded your lead magnet, you can't really assume that they've read it. A lot of time it just goes into the lead magnet folder, never to be seen again, because people think they want to see it, but they don't have time to read it, and then it never gets read and blah, blah, blah. So at least you're reiterating the points. So if there's five points in your one-page brand thing or seven, I think you had, then you want seven emails reiterating each of those points. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Great advice. Thank you. I'm interested in this idea of I'm very much of the thing about, you know, solve a problem for somebody and talk about what they get, what their outcome will be, rather than sort of talk about myself. So, yeah, there's a fine line, isn't there? It's not, you know, you've got to kind of really pitch that right. So you maybe warm people up before you start saying about how great you are. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm I'm not saying you say how great you are. I'm just saying that you introduce yourself. Just like yeah. you, just like you would at, say, you're at a network function or a mixer or you know some sort of networking event. Someone walks up to you and I say, "Hey, Kate, uh, you know my name's Barry. And you, oh, my name's Kate. Oh, what do you do, Kate?" And you wouldn't say how great you are. You would just say, "Well, you know, I have a branding uh, business and we help you know entrepreneurs sort out their brand and build it, you know, to the next whatever whatever that little cocktail party pitch is. That's right. Just who you are, why you're doing it, why you're passionate about it." Yeah, that, that's what I was going to say, Barry, the why. That's where people connect, I think, is by saying, um, you know, what has brought you to this? Because I do have that story of having another business that I built that I never felt um, very passionate about, you know, even though it's big and successful, it wasn't where my heart was. And the new business is where my heart is. So I do have a good story around that. And I certainly want that to be very much part of, very integral to my brand and stuff. So I need to, I think I probably will potentially make a video for my thank you page and, you know, test a couple of scripts there and dare to get on camera, which I don't like. But um, (laughs) I don't know if anybody really likes it. But you just no, I don't think anyone likes it. Do they? They don't like the sound of their voice. They don't like the look of themselves and and stuff. So it's all a bit tricky. So yeah. Um, Another great piece well, of advice I got from a mentor was: if you want to get good at something, be comfortable with sucking at it for a while. <laughs> so that's right. You're never going to get better right. if you don't take the first step. Yeah, I was listening to a great podcast um, recently, and the the person made a something that really stuck with me and I can see this in my own life and in people around me is the fact that you're when you you could have come into something new and you're growing at it your level of discernment as to what's good and bad grows exponentially faster than your own capability of doing something so you keep noticing how far ahead of how far ahead other people that are doing it well are of you. And so you have to really bridge that gap and very consciously say, as you just said, Barry, I'm going to suck at this for a while, but um, I can see where it is I want to go. So, and, and that's such an easy thing to let yourself get held back on, isn't it? And I want to go back to something you said about the, you know, the introduction email and talking to yourself. I always think like people just seem to forget like, well, one, people do business with people, right? They want to know the person yeah. behind what the, the business and. What would you do in the real world? That's what you should do with your email, right? You would never, if you're running a car company or a retail store and someone walks into your shop or whatever, you would never just start selling them on stuff without introducing yourself first, would you? <laughs> you no. would just never walk, you just wouldn't walk up to a stranger and go, hey, buy this thing, right? You would introduce yourself. Hi, welcome. How are you doing? You know, what are you after? Um, you know, who are you? What's what's your story? Well, uh, I want to introduce myself. You know, my name's Barry. Here's what I do and what I specialize in. So you would never do that in the real world, but 
people seem to want to do it online all the time. There's a great video talking about Automation Nation, which is our private Facebook group. So by all means, join us over there. Go to Facebook and type in Automation Nation and say you want in and you heard us on the podcast. But I posted a video there that Kogan.com did (laughs) about uh, basically what it would look like if you used online tactics in a real store. So they've got like a real uh, physical retail store and they're stopping people from walking in the door before they give them their email address. They're like, no, you can't come in the shop. You got to give me your email address. You got to give me your email address. So yeah. uh, it's, it's pretty it's funny. A, he's video. a clever guy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So what would you do in the real world, I say, and, and try and mirror that online? Absolutely. Well, that's been fantastic. I'm I'm ready for my next sequence and I, because I want to be sort of leading into, I guess, a, um, ready to position my upcoming product that I'm going to have. So that's really exciting and I really want to thank you again. I feel very supported through this process. I feel very fortunate that I have you to help me and actually all of the people in Automation Nation have been fantastic. So it is a great group and um, if you're interested in this stuff, definitely pop in there and um, and join. So. Thanks again, Barry. Uh, thank you. And we're doing this case study primarily. So all those, the silent majority out there behind the podcast who is struggling with themselves, this stuff themselves can get value by following Kate's journey along. I want to thank Kate for being brave enough to put herself out there for the benefit of everyone else. And by all means, please, if you have any questions that we're not addressing in the case study that need addressed, just head over to the show notes, leave a comment below the show notes, and we will answer your questions in there. I promise. All right, Kate, I look forward to seeing what you create and getting you back on for the next part of the case study. And uh, I'm proud of the progress you're making. Oh, thanks. Uh, Hopefully um, we can talk about my funnel and uh, how it's performing next time. So I'm excited about that. That'd be great. Thanks, Kate. Thanks so much to Kate for coming on and sharing her journey on getting started and putting all this stuff that we talk about into practice in her new business over at trueentrepreneur.com. And if you want to get any of the information that we talked about on this week's episode, you can head over to the show notes at theactivemarketer.com forward slash 45, the number four five. Also, I'd love it if you would share this content, if you're finding it valuable, if you think someone else that you know would find it useful as well, by all means, share it out on your favorite social media profile. You'll find all the sharing links over on the show notes as well. And if you're in Kate's shoes and you're starting to implement this stuff yourself and you have questions or you're wondering where you should go next, head over to the show notes, leave us a comment down below in the comment section, or join us over at Automation Nation, our private Facebook group. So we'll see you back next week for another episode. In the meantime, get out there and design, automate, and scale your business to the next level using sales and marketing automation. See you, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Active Marketer Podcast. You can find the show notes and all the latest marketing automation news over at theactivemarketer.com.